<laughs> but it says, I'll sing a new song. See, he's waiting for a new song. He's not, he's not waiting for a worship leader to create a new song. He's waiting to hear your song. A new song from you that you are the only one that can sing it. You're the only one that can move his heart the way you do. You know, it says that he knew us before he even created the world. That he, before he put any atoms together, he knew you. And he has been waiting all that time to hear your song. To hear that new song that he has never heard before. And that's in you this morning, or tonight, whatever it is, wherever we are. I'm supposed to be receiving the offering, but... So, I think there's some people that are going to help me here. So, if you guys can get in place, so I stay on schedule here as I hold on to this podium. So, tonight we get the privilege of investing in Michael and Patrick and their ministry. I wish we had time tonight to talk about all what they're doing down in the desert. Why in the desert? I don't know. But they are doing some amazing, amazing things that are impacting people's lives and are impacting the world. I I really wish we did because it's powerful stuff. God's heart stuff that that they're doing down there that's just remarkable. So we get the privilege of investing in them tonight. So you can make it out to the, the mission, but just mark it guest speaker or Michael and we'll it will go to him and his ministry. So we're going to start passing the bags here if they already have it. Awesome. So can you just just put your hands out? And let's just release a blessing. Release a blessing over Michael and Patrick. So Jesus, we just release... All the blessings that you've already marked them for blessings, but we just, we assign our blessings to them. That they will reap a harvest that they have not sown. But we release, I release my favor and my harvest to them that they would benefit from my harvest. And so I release that over Michael and Patrick. And everyone in this room, just release a blessing over them. Jesus, we bless them in your holy name. Amen. All right. So I think the bags are going around. It's been a while since we've done the bags, so bear with us. We kind of got out of practice. All right. Joe, if you can turn on the house lights on. So there we go. There's all those beautiful people. Well, and there was light. 
Ooh, are you guys ready for some more blessing? So we're going to hand over the mic to Michael and just let him rip. Baby, let it. And Patrick's going to come up first. Awesome. I was hoping he was going to come. So please welcome Patrick. Thank you, sir. Don't you love his presence? Don't you get in his presence at times like these and wonder, why don't I do this more often? Why don't I do this in the morning, in the evening, in the night? Why do I fall away from practicing and chasing his presence? You know, when David played for Saul, Saul was in the midst of turmoil. And it said that the evil spirits left Saul in the midst of his, of his anointed worship. But the word that it says for Saul that, that, that was released, it said he breathed easier. It said he was able to breathe. And when we get in the midst of worship, all that weight, sometimes we feel so constricted. Sometimes we feel that we can't breathe or get a full breath of, of, of life. And we just want more living water. So, I don't know, when we hear terms like date night, does that make anybody uncomfortable? Does that term make anybody uncomfortable? Sometimes, you know, it did for me. It used to, terms like that, I wasn't, I, I didn't understand what that meant. Date night. You mean intimacy and, and, and love and affection with the father, with, with the one who loves me first. Yes, date night. And that term just kind of rubs your like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that terminology or that kind of adoration. Then I don't know if you've lost your life to him quite yet. You may have been maybe too busy searching for your life. For it says, who those who find their life shall lose it. But those who lose it shall find him. And more abundantly. And I couldn't, I couldn't but have Psalm 27 resonate. I got to read this for a second. One thing I have desired. The psalmist, we believe it to be David. Said one thing. A king, a shepherd. The, the, the world, the kings, the kingdoms at his grasp. I mean, storehouses, everything in the midst. He could, he could put his hand on anything. He can build temples. He could build buildings and, 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 and uh, armies for war. And instead he built, he built instruments. And, he, and he, he did so much in his lifetime. And, and he had so much fruit. But he, he came back and said, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I would seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Are you dwelling? Are you dwelling? In the midst of your week, are you dwelling in his midst? To behold the beauty of the Lord, his beauty. And as Ryan was saying, there's a new song. That, that, I'm glad you brought up that line because that, that line resonated for whatever reason tonight. A new song. And there's only one expression. There's only, you carry an expression that only you can release. Sometimes we, we rely on worship leaders, on music, on instruments, on, on pre-recorded things to release a new song. And sometimes we, we join, oftentimes we join in with that and say, I'm, I'm praising. And we are, we're worshiping. But he says, I want to hear from you. Specifically, you know, David said, to the end of my glory will I praise him. I had to read that a couple times. To the end of my glory. 
my glory, I carry glory. David said to the end of my glory, there was glory imparted into him that he could release unto the father, unto the king. There is glory in every single one of you. And sometimes we doubt that what we have to release to him is valuable, but it's valuable and he needs to hear it. You know, like Michael was speaking early and he said that we are a door, we're a con, that con, the door into heaven. You know, a door means it's still, it still has got some hinges and if it goes back and forth sometimes. And sometimes when we don't take time to, to be diligent, to keep that door wide open, it starts, sometimes it seems a little, a, little, a little quiet. But we have to stay in his face. We have to surrender to his will and stay in his face. As the Lord was teaching me about worship in my 20s, um, through guitar and some pedals and looping, and it was just a, a unique way he taught me how to worship. Um, I'd been in church my whole life, you know. I've been was on the worship team. I would play guitar. Uh, grew up as a child in the midst of the congregation singing. But he had a, he had a unique way for me to learn how to worship him. It was through guitar and his loop pedal, and I'd make a loop, and I didn't really sing at the time, and I would just bless him. I'd get on the ground and have the playing just washed over me, and I'd hear his voice, and I'd see things and, and have vision. But as I got older and, and life starts to happen, I kinda, sometimes you fall away. And there'd be seasons where I wasn't, I wasn't being diligent to keep that door wide open, to have his freshness, because sometimes we don't know when we're dry. But when aggravation comes and, and, and things get on, get, get on you know, just, just make us ugh, you know, get jittery, Sometimes we need to realize, man, I am not oiled up. I need to oil my shield up. Just as they would oil up their shield, it said they would keep the shield supple. That way flaming darts could not attach and burn the shields. We've got to take time to oil up those shields because sometimes the arrows of the enemy like to attach because we're not oiled up as we should be in, in his presence. And so I would do that for some time, and there were a couple key words I received in meetings. Um, Somebody came up to me one time and said, they were blessing me. They were giving me a word. And they said, and, the, and there's this place you go to. And uh, the Lord says, he misses you. Said, oh, that's even saying it now. I'm, I'm, I got to hold myself together. But the Lord misses you, man. He misses you when, when you don't make that time for him. It's date night every night. You know, you know we're, we're called to adore worship at all times. And sometimes we wonder why the strife of men or the strife of tongues seem to attach to us when in Psalm 31 it says, He hides me in a pavilion of praise. He hides me in his secret place from the strife of tongues. But sometimes we need to walk under his shadow. Sometimes we get ahead of his shadow. We get ahead of his wings a little bit. But we need to place ourselves back into his pavilion. Another, another term, term for that is it's a thicket. It's like the thicket of a lion, the den of a lion. It says we're hidden in the den of a lion sometimes, and he's protecting and covering us. But sometimes when we don't have our shields, oh, we, we come out from the midst of that. So I wasn't expecting this tonight, but the Lord just wants us to stay in his face, stay in the midst of him, continue to love on him, even in the midst of business and things going wrong and, and, and family that, that seems to be going crazy. We've got to stay. <laughs> Being real, all right. It's his power in his presence. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. This is 27. In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies about me. 
Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. And I love how 27 27 ends on 14, and I I resonate and stayed on this scripture. Just as that we hide in him, there are places in scripture you need to find and hide and tuck away into. Recently, it was Psalm 31 for me, just the beginning of it. I said, let, let me not be ashamed. Some things were going wrong in some business transactions. And I said, Lord, I was feeling a little embarrassed, or did I do something wrong? And it was confirmed I didn't do anything wrong. It's just sometimes that's just life. Life happens. Even in the midst of God giving us words and, and playing those things out, walking, walking words out, walking destiny out, life still happens. Things still go wrong. But you know what? I wasn't oiled up in that week. I was too preoccupied with making sure this thing was taken care of um, and all my other responsibilities. But I had to stop myself. I had to pull out my guitar. I'd been hanging on the wall. I had to pull them down all week. I had to pull that thing down. I like to plug in, get my effects going, the sound. But I said, just play. I started playing. I saw Psalm 31. And immediately it said, you shall never let me be ashamed. And immediately that lifted. I could breathe easier. Find places to hide in Scripture. There's some Scriptures that have your name on it. I mean, from here to eternity, I'll be in the Psalms all the days of my life. I love Chronicles. I love Kings. I love Samuel. I love reading about these men of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's all, it's all for us. He wrote it for us. It was his good pleasure to give us this book and his word. His, this is his son, this, this living word. Find places to hide in him and stay hidden. Stay hidden. Stay covered. Don't pull yourself out. Don't let man pull you out. Don't let family pull you out. For you to be the best in your family, for you to provide and protect and give your family what, what they need, you must stay hidden. I know when I'm messing up is when I'm not hidden. When I've allowed circumstances to pull me out of his covering. He's always there waiting for me. He's always, he's always leading. And his grace covers me still. But sometimes I, I get ahead of myself. And I have to say, Father, for me to, to be the best husband and, and father of two new two sons, I got to stay hidden, man. Are you staying hidden? Are you hidden in him? Are you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in the... Come on. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. (laughs) And I just want to encourage you guys with that tonight. As you leave here tonight, as you go forth in this week, in business, in family, as I spoke on Saturday morning, there was a door, door in one arena of my life and a door in another arena of my life. And one was ministry, one was business. I thought the two weren't connected. For whatever reason, I, I thought there wasn't, it wasn't connected. But sometimes you have to take care of obedience and stay hidden in one area for it to affect other parts of your life. You have to, you have to, take, you have to circumspect, where am I uncovered? Where am I not staying face-to-face? Where am I believing it's more than one thing to desire? For one thing have I desired. One thing that I will seek after. To behold. To behold. To, to have face to face. Sometimes we complicate this. We overcomplicate this. I'm guilty as anybody of overcomplicating this. That's why we have to retract so often. The world is always pushing forward and and do you know? And, and we must be the best and 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 compete. But man, I want to retract. 
I want to retract to his presence. I want to be in, the, in his spirit and in his midst. And young people, as you go forward and, and, and you're figuring out what to do in your life, he will be faithful to lead you in your path if you just stay face-to-face. What does face-to-face mean? Wait, do, do I have to be super deep and, 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 and you know, do all these, these things and rituals? And, no, he just wants you to get before him. And he'll start to release and unlock in you ways of worship, ways of praise. Take, take examples. Learn from others, others that have come before us. There, there will be expressions in the Spirit that you will take from him. But for me, it was, it was something I never would have expected. And he, but, but, you had, but I had to get in the chair. I had to sit there. I had to face, I had to face the wall for the Lord to un, unveil to me that specific expression of praise and worship and adoration that he had planned before the foundational world to come forth through me. I had to sit with them to get that. And I was, to be honest, I didn't even know that was going to come about. I just said, all right, Lord, I keep hearing about your presence. I keep hearing about, you know, you're going to come visit me in my room. And I've been a believer since I was a little kid. And, but this idea still seems foreign to me. And you know what? He was faithful. And he did it. And he wants to do it for you. Just stay hidden. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Stay hidden. Stay in his presence. Don't let anything convince you to leave his presence. Everything you do in life, you can do from his presence. Anything you can't do in the presence of God, you shouldn't be doing anyway. If you have to leave his presence to do it, You might not want to do it. His presence is the safe place. Oh, my, 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 my. I love how the Bible says, and they sang to the Lord. You know. It's finding that in your heart, you already have the song you need. When Ryan was talking, when Patrick was up speaking, the two things that leapt out to me, how the song, of your life is also the sound of your deliverance. And until you discover the song of your own life, you'll dance to everybody else's song. You've got to find your own song. What did God write in the depths of your heart before your mother met your father? It's written into you. You know, when they sequence DNA, they can break it down to where the DNA now, they break it down to where they use musical coding. Okay, all of y'all know that. So they can play the sound of you. Science knows you are made up like a song. The earth knows you are made up like a song. The only one who doesn't is you. The reason that we fight so much to be seen and heard is because we don't recognize we've been seen from the very first breath. 
Heaven saw you. Heaven sees you. God loves you. He adores you. But if you still doubt that, you will spend your life trying to make everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And all of the people who can look at you are the only people not walking forward in their own destiny. Because people moving forward in God don't have time to be looking around to see who's not walking with God. So lack of identity collects lack of identity. Broken people attract broken people. Liars find liars. Crazy finds crazy. Thieves find thieves. I love how we all say, no, no, my kid was just the best one. I don't know how they got in the group with all them crazy people. Crazy finds crazy. There was some cray-cray in your house. And some of your cray met they cray, and the cray-cray made cray-cray-cray, and cray-cray-cray ran into some other cray, and they all ended up in jail behind bar bars. I love all the people going, well, I'm not going to laugh because I got some of mine right now in that. Well, yes. Trust me, we do too. But I'm still laughing at them because you don't have to be dumb. Ignorance is cured by learning. Dumb is a choice. Some of us are willingly ignoring wisdom. So we can defend our choice not to change. And in the kingdom, no one has the right to ignore wisdom. Wisdom was sent to be our teacher. So when the teacher says, open your books, today's lesson is, and you refuse to pay attention, when you flunk the class, the teacher doesn't go, poor baby. The teacher says you chose to ignore the lessons, therefore the grade you have earned. We're in a moment where God is increasing the requirement of paying attention. Now I'm just going to talk for a few minutes. Because... I mean it, because what Ryan said and what Patrick said, I'm going to tie it with something the Lord told me this afternoon. But I'm going to teach you on something that you rarely hear taught. And so I want you to just look at a verse that we all know, and then I'm going to go back through the history of it. Acts 16, 16. And we're going somewhere good for most of us. Well, a few of you, you might get a little nervous before the end. Acts 16, 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. They're out, they're walking, and the apostles are in the marketplace, and as they're just walking about, This young girl comes up and she begins to declare something that is true. 
She begins to say words that are provable. She begins to make an announcement that is actually factual. By most of us in today's standard, we would have named her a prophetic voice. We would have recognized her accuracy, saluted her boldness, told everyone she's good at what she's doing, asked her to give us classes on how to be as good as she is at what she's doing. Because we don't actually check to see the source of information anymore. We simply look to see the accuracy of the gifting. So biblically, we have to understand that there is a difference between prophecy and divination. Prophecy is a God-inspired stirring of his spirit which reveals what needs to be spoken. And whether it is for edification, whether it is for enlightenment, whether it is to cause you to understand there is hope for the future, or he falls upon the prophet or a prophetess and he stirs a deeper revelation whereby he reveals the facts of your future and the knowledge of things you did not understand. It is all heaven-inspired and God-ordered. It is not seated in the soul. You do not look at someone to determine what you can see about them and then formulate a word. That is manipulation. You do not sit back to see what colors they're wearing and pull a word from color. There's two verses we're going to hit on tonight where he says, by the colors colors of the arrow, they gave a word. We don't even know our Bible well enough to know. We're practicing stuff that ain't holy. I know some of y'all quiet right now because you're like, oh, you all in my Kool-Aid. Yes, I am. Because one of the reasons why the prophetic cannot go to the level it's supposed to go in nations is we've mixed stuff into the prophetic that God called unrighteous. But we accepted it because it had some fruit. This woman walks up and she says, these men are from God. Her accuracy was pinpoint. (laughs) See, the problem is two things. Number one, I'm too old to care and too black to apologize. So we just got to do some stuff. (laughs) So we've reached a place now where we've got to understand there's a power that has been seen in the generation of prophets, that we seem to be losing the power while we're gaining greater gifts. So the gifts seem to get stronger, but the power is getting less. Why? Because what's supposed to happen is anytime a prophet shows up, there's supposed to be an atmosphere that follows them. Where the supernatural becomes easy, where repentance flows like water, and where cities turn toward God. So if the gift is operating without the atmosphere, without the repentance, and without the power transfer, then we have stepped into gifting rather than office, and we diminish the effect. So that we get to the degree where we don't even know if there's a prophet among us. So now, as long as you say something accurate, you must be a prophet. 
Is this okay? Okay, good, because I'm not going to change it. Now, <laughs> I'm just making sure y'all still breathing. The Bible says something magnificent, and I'm going to tell you why I'm teaching this in a moment, because the Lord woke me up with a series of dreams where I heard the Lord standing beside me, and he said, will you obey me? And I said, of course I will. He visited me the next night and said, will you obey me? I said, of course I will. The fifth night he came to me. I said, why do you keep asking me? He said, because so many prophets say yes until the money gets big enough. And if the money gets big enough, they leave the assignment. And they call everything me. So the Lord told me several years ago, he said, I'm challenging you. That you're going to have invitations you must decline. You're going to be offered money you cannot receive because I've got to test your heart. Because the test for profits is money, fame, or bitterness. I didn't say the prophetic gift. For the office of the prophet, the three tests will always be money, fame, or bitterness. Money. Gehazi, when the money is being offered... The prophet says this is not the time for money. But when Gehazi sees the gold, the silver, and the clothes, he goes chasing it. Why? Because serving God has not paid off for me. I'm serving God, but why am I ministering to others and the prophetic word I give you gets you the house you want. But I'm still living in a house that's got a hole in the wall. I'm prophesying and laying hands and you get a miracle, but I still got to walk all night through the house and don't feel good. Why? And so what happens is you begin to wait for your payday. Ah, I want to help somebody tonight. So you've got to guard your heart so that you don't chase resources. Because every prophet will be tested. By greater opportunity to compromise your ministry with enough zeros waved in front of you. So if you're a prophetic voice or a prophet on your job, they're good, and but the compromise will begin to happen. God has told you not to agree with that, not to agree with that deal, not to sign that contract. They add another zero, and suddenly you hear a different word. The Lord told you to serve in that place and no one can pay you. It's full of poverty. You're working on the streets. You're not being blessed. But the Lord said, here, I'm testing you. And you said, the Lord said to stay there in a place of brokenness, help the homeless, work the streets. But suddenly another zero gets added and that's just not my call anymore. I can preach like this because I know what it is to be tested in it. Because I remember when the Lord told me, this is where I want you to serve. And one year after he told me to serve in a certain location, I got a phone call. And a minister I trusted deeply said, the Lord has spoken to us. We have a new house with a car and you'll have a staff. And we want you to run the Bible college. And I said, yeah, Lord, I hear you. You're answering my prayer. Lord, you came through. I feel running time. 
I mean, I ran around my house. I danced. I shouted. I high-fived myself. I saluted angels. I hugged unicorns. I kicked midgets. I was happy. And I called my father back in North Carolina and said, Dad, this is what the Lord just did for me. And my father said, that's not the Lord. I said, sir, what meanest thou? How is this not if the Lord is for me? Because you in North Carolina and all your stuff paid for. And my father said, didn't we already hear the Lord say, you're supposed to be where you are? I said, well, yeah. Didn't the Lord tell you your assignment would be at least another four years? I said to my father, you know what your problem is? You listen. I said, that's what your problem is. So my father said, now, if you want to be another schizophrenic preacher, say yes. But if you want to be a prophet that stands, endure. I said, Dad, I don't know if I like that word. My father said, when have I ever cared what you thought? (laughs) I'm so glad I got people in my life who tell me the truth. What the problem has become somehow often in the prophetic community or in charismatic community or in the gifts and signs and wonders community, we celebrate people agreeing with us. But the moment someone disagrees with our assessment, we get offended and say they didn't hear God. When was the last time you agreed that you missed God? So my father said to me, Sit your hips down and suffer through it until God changes the situation. And I said, okay. Fine, I'll do it. Greatest choice ever. Suddenly God began to open new doors. Suddenly he began to visit me and talk to me in richer ways. Suddenly he began to speak. Suddenly I began to have dreams and I was standing in the middle of people's homes and I could see what was happening and I would call them and they would say, how did you know? That's the conversation we had last night. The prophetic increased when I didn't take the buyout. So every prophet has to endure the test of money. Why is that important? Because in the New Testament, Jesus makes it clear that what comes against us, the thing that always tries to come against the house of God is two things. And I'm not going to try to do a long, deep teaching, but this, this is good right here. Two things will always try to fight the prophetic anointing that God is raising up for cities and nations. Mammon will try to invade Inside the house. Jezebel stands outside the house. Mammon is when a spirit of hunger for wealth or resources begins to drive you to the position that you remove your allegiance to Christ as your Lord so that you can let money become your direction. So you become directed by wherever your money's coming from. 
So the enemy knows if I can't shut them up by keeping them broke, I'll prosper them till they don't care about righteousness. See, some of us have forgotten prosperity is not just from the Lord. Ah! Some of us, our brain's going on tilt right now. We're like, what the heck? Prosperity is given by God to his people. Or sent by the enemy to stop you before you reach destiny. The difference is, it comes from God when you make the choice to make him Lord over everything. It can come from the enemy when you've decided, I don't care how I live as long as I get my bills paid. When you give away your integrity for a few extra zeros... It was not God that prospered you. So some of us have to know that the enemy goes, if I couldn't keep the door closed, what I'll do is open the wrong door with enough stuff you want that you run through the wrong door before you discern it's not God. Ah. So Gehazi, the servant of the prophet, he's chasing after, and he says, the prophet said he doesn't want the gold. The prophet said he doesn't want the stuff, but the prophet changed his mind. So now we've changed the nature of the prophetic to say what God said we could not have, we should have because we want it. See, when God wants to bless you, he'll bless you. There's nothing wrong with gold or silver, jewelry or diamonds, a wonderful house, houses, property. God is a God of wisdom and prosperity. Understand that I am for that. But you have to make sure you're walking with him when you get it. Because if the only thing you're chasing is increase, that's not prosperity, that's gluttony. And you can fill your life with enough stuff that you are consumed by the stuff you are chasing. So Mammon tries to come inside the house and convince us to go after what we want because it will validate us. So we stop moving in unity. We stop hearing clearly. Because if we're all chasing something instead of seeking him, then we become a house that competes. Because I'm not seeing his beauty. I'm watching your beauty to see what you're wearing new this week to see if I need to up my game so I can outbling you next time. And I'm not catching his splendor because I'm watching your splendor because when I go to the parking lot and I see you're getting in a vehicle that's better than mine, I want to know why you've got that and I don't. So now I'm going to increase whatever I'm doing, whether it's God or not, to make sure in a couple of weeks I need you to see me drive in in something like yours. So we become competitors instead of uniters. And we divide 
because we don't recognize that mammon is trying to whisper in your ear and tell you, you don't have any value unless you have that. Instead of understanding in the kingdom, you own everything already. You're just waiting for permission to access it. It's already yours. I just need permission. Ah. Now, outside the house, Jezebel sits. What does Jezebel love to do? Jezebel loves to intimidate and cause the prophetic to either go quiet or to agree with her. So what does that look like? It looks like when the spirit that tries to operate in atmospheres around the world are trying to all tell the prophetic, don't say that. Don't go there. Don't pray like that. Don't do that. Only this way. Only that way. Only that color. Only that culture. Only that age group. Only. So we divide into camps. So when all the prophets have divided into all their camps, then how are we blessing the body? Because we only prophesy to the people like us. So while we are the prophets who were sent to kill Jezebel, we end up yielding to Jezebel. Because she has decided, or it, it's a spirit, not a woman. It has determined and understood, I don't have to get the prophets to leave God to make them impotent. I just have to get them throwing rocks at each other. Because if they're fighting each other, they're not aiming at me. So we spend every three years redefining what the prophetic should be so we're not taking territory because we're all going back to the same classes to relearn what we already know. That's impotence. Because we're not producing new territory. We're just doing again the same thing we've done with no new results. Ah, and isn't that what Jezebel did? When she got in, she made them into eunuchs. Impotent. I know I'm teaching good. So let's take it to the next level. Take a breath. Look at somebody and say, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I heard one of y'all say, I ain't ready. I ain't ready. <laughs> You know what, you all right with me. The Bible says something amazing. The first time we hear about divination in the Bible is with Balaam. Okay, we're going to come back to this story, and then we're going to wrap this all up. Balaam was classified as a prophet. And his prophecy was true. The Bible calls him a false prophet later on. But he was a prophet who was accurate. All of Israel called him a prophet. The kings called him a prophet. Wait a minute. God called him a prophet.
So what we forget is the guy we call the false prophet in Scripture started out being called a prophet by God. Some of us don't understand that just because some people started right, you've got to stay right. Some of us are giving authority to people to speak into our lives who started right 20, 30, 40 years ago. But they went crazy somewhere on their journey. Talking crazy, acting crazy, looking crazy. Saying stuff that the Bible calls witchcraft. And we stay silent while they talk crazy because we remember when they said something 20, 30, 40 years ago that helped us. They started right. We're not taking that away. But somewhere in here, you've got to go. How are they doing what God said? Because the authority you give someone in your life will always create what is attracted to you. You play with people who play with devils, devils will find your house. You play with people who have sticky fingers, you'll start stealing stuff. You play with folks that sleep around, you'll end up breaking down your marriage. You play with folks that talk crazy, crazy will enter your mind. What you play with will follow you home. The spiritual realm is about transference. Whatever realm you step into will transfer to you. That's why when we get into worship, you feel peace and joy and life because heaven is being transferred. You feel resurrection coming down as well as coming up. There's a transference. You feel life coming upon you because depression can't stay. There's a transference. So when we play with stuff that the Bible calls witchcraft, This is why some of us, our children, are always having nightmares, and we don't know why. Why we're Holy Spirit-filled, but we hear voices talking to us every now and then. Mm. Why we've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, but we can't get rid of depression. Why you know God called your children, but your children Every time they get somewhere near God, they lose their mind and go crazy. And God, I don't know how the devil got in my house. He got in your house because you invited him through the front door, through somebody God said was illegal. And because we like whatever they brought, we won't call them what God said. The beauty of it is, even right now, some of y'all are like, I just can't, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. I just feel, I don't know what, I don't know what I think about this. That's good. Because I want you to go look at the word for yourself. It's amazing how we try to redefine scripture when it doesn't sound like what we want. But the Bible doesn't change because of your opinion. Principles were created for eternal standing points. So God says in every generation, so you'll know how to access me, how to move with me, and so you can know what's not me. Look at the word. 
There are 16 strong men listed in Scripture. Of those 16 strong men, everything you call or would name a devil falls under one of those classifications. All 16 of them are defeated at the cross by Jesus. But so that you would understand his power in the Old Testament, there are 16 names of Jehovah. So God had a name for every strong man that would show up. So my name is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are saved. So God says, you don't have to worry about the power of the enemy if you stay under the covering of my name. But if you leave my name to go play with devils, he got the right to follow you home. I was teaching this in one place and uh, one of the pastors said to me, he said, well, I don't believe that. I said, I don't care. I said, I'm too old to be scared of you. I don't care. But when I was talking to him, here was the good thing. His wife said, thank you. I said, why? She said, my children have been having nightmares. And we don't know why. I said, bring your children. The children came down. All we said was one simple prayer. God, we remove the enemy's power to access our house. The kids fall out. When the kids get up, she said, I'll let you know. She wrote me two weeks later. She said, they haven't had another nightmare. I said, I know. In the desert, a pastor came to me. This was a couple of years ago. And he said, would you come to visit my house? I said, why? You know, I want details. I'm not just coming to your house. Now, if you got food, like y'all had food today, I'll hang out until Jesus come. Like four years after the rapture, we still going to be eating steak. You know, I'm like, whatever. Hold up, baby. I'm chewing. But <laughs> I said, why? He said, you know, I'm a preacher. I said, I know. I said, you pastor a church near us. I know exactly who you are. I said, I've spoken for you. He said, my daughter has been crying nonstop for weeks. We thought she was depressed or something was wrong. We took her to see a child psychologist, and they said they can't figure out what it is. And so they began to talk to her, and she said, well, my friend keeps visiting me at night, and I'm up all night playing with her. So they thought she had an imaginary friend. So they got her to talk to someone and said, okay, baby, it's an imaginary friend. So they locked all of the doors because she kept waking up downstairs. So they said she's sleepwalking. In the middle of the night, 3 a.m., they hear their dog barking. Now, all the doors were locked. The windows were locked. The alarm did not go off. Their daughter's standing in the middle of the street. And there's a car coming right toward her. And the car, er, they run downstairs and they said, what are you doing down here? And the man driving the car said, what was she doing in the middle of the street talking to that little girl? Now, there was no other little girl there. But when the man described the little girl, he saw it was the girl that she said was her friend who kept appearing. They finally clicked. Maybe this is a devil. Not rarely tell these stories, you know, because folk, you know, y'all, everybody won't talk about angels. Ah. <laughs> and all oh, that's nice. 
Y'all better understand some of this demonic stuff so you can get your children safe. Kids are shooting themselves, cutting themselves. Kids are playing with razors in the middle of the house. Kids are talking on Instagram to each other about taking their own life, getting together in groups, hurting themselves. And while we're talking about angels and kissing heaven, our children are killing themselves because we have determined in our new theology to ignore the devil. And so the enemy says, I'm glad I finally have a generation of prophets that don't confront me. I'm so happy that I finally produced a generation of prophets who don't deal with the demonic. Because now I can snatch kids right and left and they won't say a word. And so while we're prophesying to each other, kids are dying waiting for us to wake up. I said, tell me this story. He tells me the story. I said, I'll come to your house tomorrow. I went to the man's house. When I get to his house, I'm walking up the steps. And I said, take me to the third bedroom up in the corner. Show me the closet. He said, why? I said, because that's where the Holy Ghost told me to go. I go up the stairs. I said, did you ever notice this? And he's standing there with a flashlight. He said, what is that? I said, that's where the previous owners had tied their child. A child died in his house. He did the research and called me back the next day and said, oh, my God, that is true. That's what happened. I said, so let me tell you this. I know this wasn't what you expected for a Sunday night, but it's necessary because we're about to pray for some of y'all to get free. God moves wherever there's an altar. Because of Jesus paying the price for us, the altar becomes your heart. So wherever worship is given to God, he descends and will sit with you. So this is the commandment forever for the priesthood. Let not the fire go out on the altar. So as long as you continue in worship, there is a blazing, burning fire that heaven sees every time God looks at you. And he will send the Holy Spirit's visitation upon your life. But for the enemy, what the enemy looks for is an altar. Now, because the enemy cannot create and because everything he does is in the opposite spirit or the opposite nature he looks for trauma so wherever there has been trauma that has not been given over to God the enemy sits around trauma so when I said to him this is what happened here and he did the research I said your daughter Because she has such a heart for the prophetic and because y'all are always prophesying. I said, but you're always prophesying, but you don't check the sources. I said, so everywhere you go, you're looking for a word. But you've never asked God to make sure you don't pick up words that ain't him. I said, so you're in a house that had a lot of spiritual activity, but it was demonic. So since you're walking around telling everybody in your house they here too, then your unsaved son and your child that's not born again, you've told them, what do you see, baby? So she's looking in the spirit realm, not by invitation. Jesus is the door. So when we move in the prophetic, it's by the invitation of God. 
But if God did not invite you to see and you lean in and try to see, you can start pushing into the soul realm. So what's in the soul? Emotions, imaginations, trauma. So you start feeling other people's trauma. You start feeling what they went through. You start picking up on the things they suffered. So when you call it sometimes discernment, it's not discernment. You're digging around in people's emotions. So when you dig around where God did not invite you, the enemy goes, they don't care to be led by the Holy Ghost. They just want to hear. So I'll keep whispering till they call my voice his voice so they can hear. Woo! Some of y'all quiet right now. It's good. So we don't ever have to be afraid of hearing the enemy if we simply don't try to spend all your time hearing something. Spend your time loving God. My sheep hear my voice. I don't walk around going, I need a word for you. 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 Why? Because that's a soulish desire. So if my desire is always to grab something, I will pull on anything to validate my gift. So the broken place in me gives permission to something else to talk to me. Because the Holy Ghost will only hear from himself. Uh. Does this make any sense? Is this helping anybody? Okay. So I'm standing in their house. I'm looking at this. I say, okay. I'm upstairs. Stuff starts moving around. They know I love this kind of stuff. I love, I love, I love casting out devils. I love dealing with devils. I love witches trying to curse me. I love all this stuff. I love angels and all that. I love the presence. But I don't love nothing more than I love Jesus. But trust me, I love, oh, please, please. <laughs> I'm the guy that went on trips looking for witches. Oh, I love, I love, because God don't lose. But I also know something. Some of you heard me say that, and you go, me too. Let me, let me teach you something. If you don't live clean off the platform, leave the devil alone. You can't play with sin and think devils will obey your words. You can't walk clean with mud on your feet. This ain't difficult. But just don't start yelling at strongholds and strong men and rebuking demons and devils when you know you already plan to be drunk before midnight. Don't lay your hands on people who need deliverance from addictions and you already got Three pounds of weed in your trunk. (laughs) (laughs) I know we don't talk like this no more. I know, I know, but this is necessary. 
This is what fathers and mothers are supposed to do. You cannot cast out what's in you. You cannot command what you play with. Anything you keep on a leash has the right to bite you. So when the Lord begins to deliver us and he sets us free, you have to make a quality decision not to play with that thing. And what we've often done now in prophetic circles and in the charismatic movement and whenever we come together, we have this mindset that we can just play with things we used to get rid of. I'm not talking about you can't have a drink. I like wine too. I like wine. I got wine in my house. Wine is good. But I don't get drunk. I can't afford to lose my ear. I can't afford to lose control of whether I'm hearing God or not. So I've got to stay clear. I can't play with stuff that messes up my thinking. Because if God is talking to me, I need to know it's him. And understand that the covenant only produces power where covenant is honored. What does that mean? If you are abusing your wife, harming your kids, the power of the Holy Ghost will not flow through you long. He will not honor a covenant agreement with people who dishonor the covenant. These are kingdom principles that we don't really teach anymore. But they are found from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the end of Revelation. God operates on principles. Principles produce power. Power produces breakthrough. So God says, I've given you permission to live in breakthrough if you actuate or actualize the principles. What's happened is we've forgotten the principles. We've thrown away principles for performance. It's about the principles. The principles don't ever change. Principles are not personal. Gravity don't care if you're old or young. Black or white. Whether you speak in tongues or not, gravity is just a law. It's a principle. So on the day you decide you don't like gravity, please let me know where you're going to jump from. Because I want to see if that's the day that your emotional imbalance can change an eternal principle. There they go. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> I'm standing in their house. And I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. Are we all right for a few more minutes? Are we good? Okay. I'm standing in the pastor's house, and I said to him, it's not your fault. So I want to be clear on this. When we, t when we touch on this, this does not give blame. It gives opportunity, and it also gives weaponry. Wisdom is how you fight. So many times when we hear issues explained and principles revealed, we always first, because of our human American mindset, we always first put up our defense shield and go, I can't believe what you're saying. You are attacking me and my belief system. But truth is not personal. It's just true. 
So nobody's coming after you. I don't know what you believe. And let me help you. Don't come up after service explaining what you believe. I don't care. I don't have time to hear all the last 20 years of your life and how you got wrapped up in somebody else's stuff. That's not my business. This is about just getting free. So when truth comes, you go, oh, I had it wrong. God set me free. Freedom comes and you turn and go the other way. We don't need to know all your notes. We don't need a long explanation. You don't need to send me a message on Instagram and Facebook explaining how you got in wrong places with wrong people. We all got messed up somewhere. What it's about is can you make the adjustment to go forward? So I'm standing in his house, and I've said to him, this is what the Lord says. This is where the trauma was. He did the research. He asked me to come back, and I went back. And I'll never forget, I'm standing in their house, and I prayed a simple prayer. I said, devil, I know who you are. You foul spirit of witchcraft, spirit of trauma. I command you to go from this house and do not return. So the next day, (laughs) I love my life. The pastor said, I need to come see you. I said, okay. He comes by and he's got his daughter. And she says, I got to tell you what happened. What happened? (laughs) The little girl had gone out to the edge of the property. They were driving out of town. It was like the edge of the little neighborhood where they were. And they're going out. And she sees the spirit again. And the spirit says, I can't come back to your house. She said, what? I can't come back to you. She says, why can't you come back? That man said, I can never return. And according to his word, I can't come back. So the little girl remembered what I told her. I said, if you ever see it again, tell it to show you who it is. She said, you can't come back? No. Who are you really? Show me. And it turned into this ugly old spirit. And she went, I've been playing with this. Yes. Because it was a familiar spirit. Familiar spirits hang around your family and your bloodline. And they understand familiar or familial. They watch your family to see what you like. To see what works with you. And they introduce something that they know will work just for you. For you, it's familiar. That's why some of you, your grandmama keeps coming to your house talking to you. And she's been dead 20 years. That's why you keep having people giving you words, telling you, I see this that happened in your family, and it sounds so familiar. But here's the thing about a familiar spirit. It can never reveal your future. So when you get around spirits that only speak about your past, it's not God. The prophetic is a seer grace. Seer, not a remembering grace. A see, you're not a rememberer. You're a seer. So why are you operating as a rememberer? Ten years ago, this happened to you and you went through this trauma and that trauma. Okay, get out my soul. All that's in my soul. I know that already. You telling me my phone number don't impress me. I knew my phone number. 
telling me my address. I know my address, and if I forget it, it's in my car GPS. Tell me something I don't know. Why do we keep getting impressed by known information? Wake up, saints. That's a spirit playing with you. Because knowledge that's familiar has caught your attention that you didn't even ask the Holy Ghost, is this you? Is this helping anybody? Okay. I was in a meeting, a prophet walked up to me, and he said, I have a word for you. I said, no, you don't. love my life. I said, no, you don't. He said, I do. I have a word for you. I said, I'm going to help you. No, you don't. (laughs) He said, oh, yes. I said, okay, come on. See, because here's the thing, and I, this is one of the reasons why I love this house. When you are a prophet of honor, that's a term we don't use much, prophets of honor. And then there's a prophet of dishonor. Prophet of honor. Prophets of honor are those that dwell in his presence. And they recognize immediately other prophets. When I walk into churches, the first thing that often hits me is I can feel how many prophets are in a church. I feel them. The second thing that happens is, and Patrick will tell you this, I often know somebody's going to prophesy before they know they're going to prophesy. I can look at them and go, you've got five prophetic words. So I'm going to sit here until you give the words. Why? Because I will see lines above their head, like God just dropped lines to them. And so I just wait for them to finish prophesying. When a healing anointing is coming, I'll feel heat on my shoulder. Now, Shanae and Angela, they have known me. We've known each other, what, about 20-some years? This is how I've operated for almost 20-some years. Okay. So this ain't new. This is how I've been. I've been teaching on the prophetic in nations for 20-some years, for 30 years operating as a prophet. This is how it's always been. From the moment he told me to begin to walk in the prophetic, I could always find prophets. I would feel words when they were coming. I'd look at people and say, you're about to prophesy. They say, no, I'm not. I said, I'll wait. And then in about 10 seconds, they go, oh, I got a word. I told you you had a word. I saw the word coming down to you. Now, why am I saying that? Because we have not operated with prophets, but only prophetic gifts, we have become unaccustomed to prophets. And what prophets are supposed to do is help sift the prophetic. So not only does it get more powerful year by year, but it stays clean year by year. So that when prophets go into nations, one word from a prophet can break a system open. One word from a prophet can turn a nation back to God. One word from a prophet can make witchcraft obliterate in an area But we have enjoyed prophetic words more than we've enjoyed the office of the prophets. So prophets have lessened their commitment to holiness. 
I didn't say legalism. Holiness. Because we all wanted to make sure we got the gold, the resources, and the fame. You cannot lead people into intimacy if fame is your goal. Because intimacy requires you to stay hidden. Intimacy that's public is prostitution. The deepest intimacy you have with God should never be made known. The greatest visitations I've had with God will never be in a book, nor will I tell in public. That was for me alone. It was a transforming moment. That's what he means when he says you're throwing pearls before swine. Not just that you're, he's literally saying, he said, I've been giving you pearls. Those pearls are supposed to be transforming you. But before they can transform you, you're throwing them to people to make people think you're amazing. And in doing so, you lose them in the mud. What could have given you power for 40 years, one intimate moment, because you threw it out too soon, it could not form in you gold. So it became a story instead of a lifestyle. I said to the Lord, this was not the word I wanted to bring tonight. Why are you? And the Lord said to me, there are a house of prophets and apostles. They're a house of transformation that will go into nations. They're a house that will help other prophetic voices around the world find their way back to me. The Lord said to me, this is what started the whole journey. He said, will you tell the truth for me? Will you speak for me? And I kept saying, yes, I told you the story. He visited me night after night. The last night he visited me, I said, why are you asking me this five nights in a row? He said, because so many. So many who started out loving me, they just don't love me anymore. I said, Lord, what do you mean? I was weeping. He said, they enjoy me. They talk to me, but they don't love me. He said, so promise me you'll love me. Promise me you won't trade me for something shiny. Promise me that if they make it look good and sound good, you won't throw me away. I was standing and going to minister and had a vision. The Holy Ghost came into a church. He was dressed in white and silver. And I knew it was him because he was just shimmering glory. As he walked down the aisle of the church and he stood in the front he lifted up his hands and people began to fall out and the power of God began to flow through the place. And all of a sudden, just when he was about to speak, I saw five different people run up and they threw what looked like a rope around him. But as it went around his neck, the five ropes began to gather around his neck. I realized they were leashes. The Holy Spirit said to me, he said, the problem is, People treat me like I'm their pet. They invite me in and then they tell me, sit until we call you. 
Holy Spirit, we need you. Stay, boy, stay. But I want to touch them. Stay. We need to do something else. Don't you move. He said, I reach my hand out, and if I begin to shake the service, they go, didn't we tell you not to do that today? And they shut me down and go into, he said, I'm tired of being treated like a pet. Will you let me have my way? I said, oh, yes, I will. See, what changed in my life was when he let me have that encounter, and I, for three days, wept and said, please tell me I haven't done that to you. And the Lord said to me, there have been times when you did. But don't do it again. And I have committed myself that whatever he wants to do, I'm not going to tie his hands. I'm not going to spend day after day asking him to come. And then when he shows up, tell him, sit down until I'm ready for you. We call him king and we treat him like a servant. We call him God and then we act like he is foolish. We quote his word and then ignore it when we choose to. We ask for his power and then use it to abuse each other when we disagree theologically. We pray for the gifts of the spirit and then when the spirit who gives the gift shows up, we tell him we can use them whether you stay or not. This whole thing that amazes me is Balaam, who was a prophet. What called him, what made him be considered a false prophet is when he decided God doesn't want to say what I want him to say. So if they pay me enough, I'll say it and call it God. And God said, Balaam, you were my prophet until. You let another voice become your source. I say to some of you, you are true voices. But you've got to get off that thin line you're playing with. Where God didn't tell you to say that, but you read on somebody else's page a word. And you're running around saying the Lord said and God never gave that word to you. So you have made their voice the Holy Ghost in your life. And you are speaking through your words what God never said to you and you're declaring it like it's him. So you have to know there will come a day when the Holy Spirit says, since they don't care whether or not I talk to them, there's no reason for me to speak. They don't want to be prophets. They want to be parrots. Prophets don't sit all day digging through other people's hearing to see what they will repeat. You spend all day loving God, and should he speak? You catch it and release it. I hear other prophets to see, is God saying the same to me as he's saying to them? Or, or is he saying something different? But if they are a prophet and they are walking with God, then I cherish the word they have. But I don't go and repeat everything they said. Why? Because what he said to them for that day in that area might only be for that day in that area. So it doesn't 
unvalidate the word, invalidate. But what often happens is because we've made certain people our heroes, we don't discern that word only had a 24-hour lifespan. And you've been repeating it for a year. So God said it was a true word for that day, but for the last 364, it's a lie. Because I didn't say that yesterday, I said it then. What are you saying that he did not say? I know this is heavy. My last little thought, and then I'll stop. I'll stop. I promise I'll stop. Is this helping? Okay. Because we're going to pray something at the end, and God's going to move. When he first gave me this, he said, I've got true prophets, true voices, true watchmen all across the nations who have lost their hearing ear. But I want to open up their ear again. He said, and all I need them to do is just repent for letting somebody else's voice become more important than mine. The Lord said, I never stopped talking to them. I didn't ignore them. But what happens is in the busyness of life and when you're going through trauma and when the nation is in turmoil, when it's hard to hear, we run to people we think can hear. And we go, since I can't hear God about that, I'll just see what they're hearing. And when we lean on that at that moment, that's okay. But when you get addicted to that place, when you make that place the only source that you go to instead of going to the Word, instead of going in prayer, instead of talking to the Holy Spirit, instead of making sure that the prophetic voices you trust also have lives that back up their words. I don't care how good your prophetic gift is. If your life is messy, you're not talking to me. It didn't invalidate your gift, but it does invalidate your right to speak to everyone. This is not difficult. You're still a prophet. You still got an anointing. But sit down until you can keep your pants on. Stop talking till you stop stealing money. This ain't hard. It's not difficult. Football teams won't let you play if you're in trouble. And we will give you a mic and say, prophesy. What is wrong with us? And we call it mercy. It's not mercy. Because you are destroying someone else because you won't. Tell a friend to be still. I remember when the Lord visited me one night, he said, you have been my voice to many people. I said, yes, sir. The Lord said, now sit down for three months. I said, Lord, what did I do wrong? He said, I don't like the way you talk to two of the saints. Two. 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 And they deserve the way I talk to them. They were worthy of the talking to. I had words I didn't access that they should have got. 
If I knew the Lord was going to put me on lockdown for 90 days, oh, I'd have gave him the whole book. I'd have cracked open a thesaurus and just used some words I ain't never thought of. Learn me some French and Swahili. Cussed you out in five languages. If I knew. The Lord said to me, you remember when you were leaving that church and the brother asked you a question and you answered him, but you were irritated with him? I said, yes. The Lord said, I didn't like that. He's mine as much as you're mine. The Lord said, and two days later, a woman called you for prayer who, yes, she is in trouble of her own accord. But all you had to do was not answer the phone. The Lord said to me, and since you chose to answer the phone, your intention was to hurt her feelings. And I will not let you walk thinking that's acceptable in my presence. I began to weep. He said, I am going to give you words that will bring life to generations. And you think I'm going to life your tongue while you curse people? Sit down until you understand what you did was wrong. And like a child, I pouted. I can't believe you told me. I'm traveling all over the world for you and doing this for your people. And sit down. And I turn on the TV and somebody be caught in the scandal. I say, see, look at that. You didn't sit them down. Look at what they doing. They up here acting crazy and doing dumb stuff. You didn't tell them. Sit down. All I did was tell somebody, oh, you talking dumb today. And the Lord said, oh, that's what you sit down. And after I complained for about three weeks, the Lord said, I was looking on TV. There was another preacher who did something stupid. I said, look at him. And the Lord said, stop it. I said, what? And this is what the Lord said. He said, you don't get it, do you? I said, no, sir, I don't, apparently. He said, I told them to self-correct, too. They didn't sit down when they could have. He said, if you sit down when I tell you, you won't fall down when they find you. People only fall from grace in public when they didn't sit in repentance in private. Because we don't understand fathering now. We think any limitation is rejection. When good limitation will save your soul. I am glad God sat me down at times. I am thankful. Come on. I am thankful. Woo! Listen, I got to pull this together. I could preach another hour on this, but I'm, I, I want to help people tonight. I am thankful for the times when I was in ministry and my mentors came to me and said, that was awful. Just awful. And I remember my mentor, he said to me, that was the worst message I have ever heard. And if he wasn't six foot four and 280 pounds, I would have hit him. But if he had hit me back, I'd have saw Jesus. So I received the rebuke. Sometimes you ain't humble, just be smart. 
I'm like, this brother will break my skull. I'm going to listen to him. But I'll never forget, he said to me, he was a true apostle of God. He is a true apostle of God. My mentor for four years, he trained me in moving in the supernatural. We saw angels walk into rooms. We saw spirits leave territories. I remember walking into a church, and he stood up and said, everyone in this church that's been playing with witchcraft, God's going to deliver you today. And 42 people began to manifest devils in a nice Baptist church that didn't do it. And I looked at him, excuse me. I said, what the hell? I said, this ain't in my Bible. He said, this is the power of God. I said, power, smile. What is this? And he looked at me. He said, that's the problem. You've been trained by people who didn't have power. He said, I've got to teach you what real power looks like. He said, and real power requires clean hands. We were sitting one day and there had a drug house had opened across the street from their home. Apostle Drone, he said to me, he said, he walked over the day before and he knocked on their door and he said, now, you know, you can't be in my neighborhood. And so it was a drug house and the guy had his gun right there and he said, listen, man, I'll shoot you in your face. And he said, you can't shoot me. He said, you don't know who I am. He said, I got a house full of people. We're running drugs in these neighborhoods. I don't want to shoot you because they told me you're a preacher. And Larry said, you don't understand what government I come from. He said, I'm giving you an opportunity to leave before I pray. He said, because once I pray, it's out of my hands. This is how I was trained. So I'm standing there with him. He told me to go with him, and I'm, I'm watching them, and they got their gun, and they talking loud to him, and I'm thinking, we need to get out of here. I said, this man going to get me killed. We go back to his house. He says, are you concerned? I said, yes. And he looks at me and says, then you still don't believe what you preach. He said, this is why you're here, to learn. The next day, we had gathered 20-some people in the house, and we were there to pray. He said, open the front door, and they opened up the front door. And he sits me in a chair in front of the door, in shooting range. (laughs) Put the yellow brother in the door. (laughs) Some of y'all got that, some of y'all didn't. I said, you're going to put my high yellow face in the door. They're going to see me. I'm glowing at midnight. And so I'm in the door. Larry begins to pray. Larry drone, and he takes his hand, and he said, now I'm going to teach you something. And he put his hand on my belly. He said, I'm going to pray in tongues. And whatever you begin to hear, declare it straight out the front door. He begins to pray in tongues, and all of a sudden, I begin to hear the clear English translation of every word he was praying in tongues. And so, all of a sudden, I'm yelling out the front door. Now, the Lord shall send a wind, and the wind shall bring down a fire and a glory. So, the Lord says, today is the last day. Let mercy lead you out. All of a sudden, 
boom, I'm over in the chair like this. I'm drunk. And I go, what just happened? He said, that was the power of God. We dismissed the meeting at 11 o'clock, 2 a.m. in the morning. The crack house across the street explodes in flames, just burning, on fire. Poof! A wind shall blow, and then fire shall come, and then glory. Okay. So the place is on fire. Larry's standing in the doorway just watching it burn. The fire department coming down. The people who are in the crack house come running out the crack house. As they're running out the crack house, the guy says to Larry, you. Larry said, I told you. <laughs> told you yesterday. He said, we asked God for mercy. That's why y'all didn't die. But I told you. You made me pray. What was the glory? So now when they got taken out of the house, because when the fire department shows up and the police, they discover all the drugs, so they arrest all the guys. So now as they are all taken off, this land that's burning down, the man who actually owned the land comes to Larry and says, listen, do y'all want to take this land? So now God raises up a prayer house on what was a crack house. So fire leads to glory. And I said to him, what happened? He said, that's what happens when prophets declare with clean hands. We would go into cities where they were doing all kind of wicked law. And he would say, we're going to pray for three days. And then we're going to stand in the middle of the city and prophesy. And the law would change. I could tell you stories for hours. That was my mentorship. I was trained by those that dwelt in the spirit. He would call us and tell us four days in advance, somebody's going to come visit you in five days, and when they knock on the door, pray for them immediately, and the Lord will heal them of cancer. And so four days would pass. On the fifth day, boom, 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 I'd open the door. I'd say, you're here, you got cancer. How'd you know? Well, the man of God told me. So because I stayed under... A clean prophetic flow. When I then began to flow around the world, I suddenly would hear prophetic flow and go, that's not clean. Though it's accurate, it's not clean. How do we keep it clean? You keep the prophetic flow clean by making sure your heart is clean. What's inside of you comes out of you when you step into the spirit realm. It's called impartation. That's why some of us, we had bad experiences in some churches, and you don't know why. How come when that leader got caught in adultery, half the leadership team was also found to be cheating on each other and doing stuff? Why? Because impartation. It got passed along in the spirit. Is this helping anybody? So learn from teaching, honor gifts, but check everything by the book. 
If it looks like the word, you can take it in. If it doesn't look like the word, hold up. I'm not saying you didn't get it from God, but I need two or three other verses to back up what you just said. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, you've got to justify what you're throwing out as revelation with scriptural foundation. I don't know why the Lord has got me on this tonight. Woo! This is not the message I had. I stepped into a church and I was about to prophesy. And literally, I heard a word for a woman and I said, you've got three daughters. And she goes, yes. And the Holy Ghost said, stop now. What? That's not me. I stopped. I said, ma'am, give me one moment. I backed away from the platform and I said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? He said, there's so many familiar spirits running around that you're picking up stuff that's not me. He said, your radar works, but you didn't check the source. So I stopped and said, Holy Ghost, what are you saying? When I stopped, he said, that's not me. I'm telling this story because I want to help you because sometimes we hear these stories and we feel like someone is trying to correct us or judge us. We've all walked through. This is just training. So when I heard it, I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, step back and simply say, any voice that is not the Holy Spirit, I command you be silent. I only receive the Holy Ghost. The moment I said that, it's like the atmosphere in the room shifted. And I didn't hear anything else about her kids like that. What I heard was, I said, ma'am, the Lord says there's a problem in your side. He wants to heal you. She stood up instantly and was healed. I said, Lord, what was the difference? He said, she's been asking all day about her kids. So her soul was talking about her children. He said, but my spirit was not talking about her children. He said, so your soul picked up on what her desire was. He said, you would have talked to her about something that was not on my heart at the moment. And she would have left telling everybody, I got a prophecy about my girls. And when that prophecy didn't come to pass, it would have created a mindset among the people. Well, either the prophet missed it or God didn't bring it to pass. So more doubt gets brought among the prophetic. Because we didn't discern. I don't have to doubt the prophetic. That was not a word from God. So the Bible says, test every spirit. So how do we begin? Very simply, whenever the prophetic is flowing, just very simply, Father, I know you're here and you're speaking. But anything that is not you, shut it down right now. Shut it down. The second thing is when you are in an unknown atmosphere. The prophetic anointing is supposed to flow wherever we gather. Because the prophetic anointing at its simplest is hearing the voice of God and speaking what he has spoken. It's not difficult, not complicated. Every believer is prophetic. 
Every believer is prophetic. My sheep hear my voice. So every one of you that's born again, the qualification for being born again was God called you. You heard him and you responding to God is what is now salvation. My sheep hear my voice. No man comes to God but by the Spirit. The Spirit drew him. So God called you. You responded to the calling. So that's how you connected to the Almighty. So your ear is open from salvation. The key now is we have to teach you how to stop hearing the noise. So what we often say is we need to teach you how to hear God. I don't teach it that way. I think every believer can hear God because that's what got you saved. What we've got to teach you is how not to hear noise. Because all of us filled our world, fill our worlds with noise. The news is on. Your kids are talking. Fear is going on. Your job has issues. You've got stuff going on in your mind, your imagination, your memories, your traumas, all the stuff you see on the way to work, on the way home, all the stuff your kids are talking about when they come back from school, all the things you are hearing in the atmosphere. So all of that noise, that static, the radio station never went off air. There was just so much static, you had to tune in. God never stopped talking to you. We just got around so many other people's noise that his voice got dull. So you've got to tune back in to God. And once you tune back in, every believer can hear clearly. And if we teach every believer how to hear clearly, then the moment someone begins to prophesy to you, you know the moment they open their mouth, whether it's God. So that story I told, someone came up to me and said, I have a word for you. I said, no, you don't. I have a word for you. No, I don't. I have a word for you. Well, come on. And they opened their mouth and said, I see you. Because they had heard I traveled, you know, to 70 countries. I've been in 70 countries preaching the gospel. And so they start naming a country because I guess in their mind, you know, if we just throw one out, we'll get one of them. And they happened to name a country I hadn't been to, which was wonderful. The Lord says, when you go back to such and such, I said, okay. I said, what else is he saying? And when you get there, this shall be what happens. Fantastic. And the pastor that has worked with you there before. Yep. He shall do this. Glorious. Anything else? And they keep talking. Now, I love that we always say we're always going to give grace as you're learning. The grace we give in learning is for prophetic gifting, not prophetic office. Prophetic office does not need grace because by the time you step into your prophetic office, the training in your gifting should have brought you to a maturity that you've learned how to discern between the voice of God, the origin of the enemy, or the origin of the soul. So the office is supposed to be secure enough that the office has been processed. Why? Because before you are named a prophet in your office in public, other prophets should have been training you. 
So until other prophets are releasing you into public ministry, your gift is subject to the authority in the house. So you submit your words and you check and you make sure you're not off. That's the gifting. But the office is not supposed to be getting all this extra grace we be throwing out because the Bible says if a prophet speak a word and it come not to pass, he did not speak by me. So we put this mercy grace on the office that was never told to be on the office. If a prophet keeps prophesying stuff that don't come to pass, you are supposed to tell them to shut up. Why are you sending money to prophets who lied to you? You've got real prophets and prophetesses in this house who are honorable, righteous. And some of you send more money to people you've never met face to face than the people who walk with you on a daily basis who have spoken truth into your life. But because they say stuff you don't want, you ignore them. So that you can pour your wealth into people who don't pray for your kids, who don't sit up at night worrying about your life, who don't visit you in the hospital, who won't prophesy over your business. You'll send resources to people who don't care if you live or die because they got the platform you want to be on. When the Bible says those that labor in the vineyard with you. So when you dishonor the prophets among you, God will never let you receive true breakthrough from prophets outside of you. I'm going to say two more things, then I'm going to stop. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Because I'm trying to behave. Okay, just stop it. Uh, Deb said, just stop lying. That's what she said. <laughs> she said, just stop lying. Just stop it. Just stop it. Every pastor needs a prophet. And every prophet needs a pastor. Prophets will always connect and flow well in healthy houses If a healthy prophet connects to a healthy pastor, they come through and their job is to increase vision and stir. But I want to say something. Some of you ain't going to like this. Any prophet that does not have a healthy pastor that they're willing to submit to should not be prophesying to people. If you are a prophet and you do not have a good pastor, if you don't have a pastor you sit under, a pastor you listen to, well, I'm a prophet and I have my own ministry. I don't care if your name is Ezekiel and you sitting in the third heaven with angels. You still need a shepherd for your soul. You have a ministry to the nations, but you need a shepherd for your life. So I have a personal pastor who speaks into my soul. 
He doesn't decide the future of my ministry. I run my ministry in God, but he intervenes in my life to make sure my soul is okay. So any prophet that lives as though they don't need a shepherd, a pastor, they are renegades. I love it. Ooh, some of y'all got quiet. You're like, ooh, I, ooh, ooh. I was okay till that. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because the gift of the prophet and the gift of the prophetic will always cause you to see beyond normal boundaries. So you can start living in a place where you're always seeing beyond and running beyond and expecting more. And a shepherd is supposed to see for you. What you may not notice because you're so busy looking at cities or the future or nations or finances or breakthrough that you didn't notice you and your wife ain't okay. That you ain't been to church since 1984. God done blessed you with a zillion dollars, but you ain't paid tithe since he blessed you. That's what a shepherd is for, to remind you of principles so that the principles that got you to the platform, when you get to the platform and then ignore the principles, you invite destruction. Because you then reveal to the enemy, you never did it for God, you use God to get what you wanted. And that makes you a Balaam. So I remember when the Lord said to me when I got to the desert, this is your pastor, Jim Bain. Jim, I took Jim on some trips with me, and he said, your ministry is all over this world. I said, yes. He said, and you come to us in this little bitty church in the desert. I said, yes. He looked at me. He said, what's wrong with you? He said, you could plant your own church and have four times the numbers of our own building. I said, I know. I am not ignorant of what I carry. I said, but I also know something. If I step outside of having a shepherd, if I step beyond letting someone come into my house once a week and ask me, are you okay? Are you resting? Are you praying? How is your soul? If I step outside of someone going, it's great that God just blessed you with hundreds of thousands of dollars over in that meeting, but you didn't pay tithes this last week. So I cut my time check while he was looking at me. Why? Because what God is doing in the ministry is connected to how I yield to authority. So God giving me access out there is predicated on me yielding to authority at home. So when I had a meeting scheduled and I was about to head to the plane to fly overseas and my pastor came over and he said, I don't think you're supposed to go. What do you mean I'm not supposed to go? The Lord has said to me. And I have proven to all of these and thou's that I heareth the Lord. He said, no, you're not supposed to go. 
He said, for two days I've been praying for you, and I just hear the Lord saying, you need to stay home and rest. I said, Pastor, I think I'm supposed to go. And he looked at me, and I love Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim looked at me, and he said this. He said, if the Lord said, but I just think you ought to pray one more time. And I went over into the prayer room and laid on the floor in the prayer room. And the Lord said, what are you doing? I want to help you. The Lord said, you don't even need to ask me. I told you he's your pastor. So whether you agree or not, the test for you is can you yield? I called him. I said, Pastor Jim, I'm, I'm not going on the plane. He said, well, I knew you wasn't going to go. I just didn't know how long you'd argue about it, but I knew you wasn't going. Some of you, you're missing your greatest deliverance and blessing. Because the reason some of those strange spirits can be around you and visit you is not because you're outside the will of God or you're doing crazy stuff. It's because you just won't listen to some of the people God has put over your soul. And sometimes when they just say no and you don't understand why, yielding will close some doors that the enemy can't get through. It was on that trip that I was supposed to go on that 315 people contracted COVID in an event I would have been speaking in. 82 died. I would have been right in the middle of that and trapped because they shut down the flight coming home because of an outbreak. And the Lord said, now you hear me. But it was a test. I said, what would have happened if I'd have gone? The Lord said, it would have been on you. Hear what I'm saying. The Lord says, when you yield to another's authority, it's my job to cover you. When you step outside of authority, it's your job to carry the consequences. Some of you are living in storms you can't escape because you won't let anybody pastor you. You won't let anybody prophetically tell you to stop. You won't let anybody interrupt your choices. What good is a prophet if they bless you while you die? Don't tell me I'm awesome while I drown. Because if I have enough strength, my last breath down, I'm grabbing your ankle. It's me and you, baby, all the way down. Oh, yes, I'm punching you in your head all the way down to Shamu catch us both. I'm just poop, poop all the way. Until I hear a whole new world, I'm just all the way to the ground. Just da, da, da.
I'm trying to stop. I'm trying. <sighs> okay. Listen, we got to get out of here, and I, I've gone way longer than I meant to go. I'm hoping this has helped somebody. Now, we're going to do something real simple. If tonight while I was talking about these things and it registered with you, I think somewhere I may have gotten into a place where it's gotten a little strange. And I just want to make sure I'm hearing the voice of God and not all these other voices. We're not accusing anybody. We're not pointing fingers at anybody. I don't need to know where or who. But if you have gotten into any place where strange stuff has gotten around you, and how do you know? Number one, it makes you start to question the truth of the word of God. It makes you go and look at extra biblical sources as validation. When the Bible is no longer enough and now you're every prophetic time you go somewhere with God, the only proof of where you're going is other books. Then you're stepping into strange voices. If you are always encountering the angelic, but it doesn't look like biblical angelic encounters. You got angels in your house playing with you all the time. You got angelic visitations and stuff is disappearing. I know this not happened to everybody, but a few of you. That's not the Bible. Angels don't need to take a souvenir from your house. It's not a day retreat. I mean, they're not hanging out going, ooh, I don't have a pen. <laughs> kind of dumb stuff are we? I was in a group of churches where they were telling people, if you have not been healed, when you go home, put out bowls with fruit in it. And in the midst of worship, that's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. So if you are having encounters with angelic stuff that's not biblical, now here's the best way to know. If after these angelic encounters, nothing in your life changes. You had an angel in your house. You saw all these wings and stuff is going on. You had feathers falling down. All you picking up feathers. You walk around. You got a handful of feathers, but you still mean. You still yelling. You still upset at everybody. Don't nobody like you. Your dog still looking at you like, mm then that was not God. I'm serious. It's real simple because if an angel actually comes into your home, every angelic encounter will create a transformation. I have encountered angels many times in my life, but every time I did, I was either knocked out on the floor, the word they spoke changed me, or it produced such a level of fear and awe that it made worship explode out of me. I've never encountered an angel, and they came and said, I said, well, what's your name? Well, I'm Rosemary. What's your name? I'm Chocolate Brown. Well, Rosemary and Chocolate, what's going on in heaven? That's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard. It's not biblical. You texting angels. Man, sit yourself down. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to behave. I'm about to say something I can't. You say it's too late now, just okay. 
No, I'm really not. I'm so not trying to behave. I'm not. I'm trying to kill everything I can kill. I was in a meeting and somebody, you know I'm going for it. I don't care. I'm so tired of watching people be deceived. I've reached a place now where I got family that love me. I got friends that like me. Everybody else, I don't care. And I realized I was in a meeting and somebody stood up and they began to talk about a conversation they had with an angel. And when they gave the angel's name, I'm like, you tripping. You tripping. You, you tripping, tripping, tripping. I want to be clear on something. Angels don't have American names. Now, I know some of y'all are like, ooh, what you thought? You got an angel show up and their name was Tiffany? You out your mind. (laughs) I said, and what is thy name? And the angel said, I'm Cletus. (laughs) Now, why am I saying this? Because three things we have to remember. Number one. When angels showed up, whenever they did reveal their name, they revealed their name for purpose. Not for conversation, for purpose. Second, angels don't like humans. Somehow we've forgotten this. The Bible says angels do not like us because they do not understand why he died for us and why he kicked them out of heaven with one sin, and yet he puts up with all our sins. So when people tell these stories of angels coming and wanting to hang with you and they like humans, that ain't the book. Get your mind right. Now, when you're walking in your destiny in God, they see you as a fellow prophet. So they come then to work in the kingdom. And we'll connect to you. But angels ain't lonely. I've been watching you for 3,000 years needing a friend. So now we got angel.com. Swipe right for 10 wings. Swipe left for 6 wings. What's wrong with us? (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to kill stuff. I'm trying, I'm trying. I was standing in my house, and an angel came through the house, and he was standing. And I said, why are you here? He didn't even look at me. And the Lord said, why are you asking him questions? I sent him. Ask me. You've got the Holy Ghost? But instead of asking the Holy Spirit, you need someone who serves the Spirit to explain the Spirit? The person who wrote the Bible lives inside of you. But you need a visitor to explain the word that the living word. I'm confused. The living word is in you. You could simply say, Holy Ghost, what do these scriptures mean? I didn't understand any of these passages until a being from heaven came to me and told me what it means. 
I'm saying it funny on purpose, but I'm trying to get us to wake up. Because what we've done is we've created a spiritual hierarchy. We've recreated Catholicism in the midst of Pentecost. Where we celebrate you based on the depth of your experiences. We follow you based on how you can explain what you experience. And we send all our money to you if you are the greatest one. So you're now the cardinal of all the experiences. You're the pope of all the powerhouses. So we now see you as the only one who can explain to the rest of us why we're missing God. When the Bible says, he that hungers and thirsts, God will give heaven and has given heaven to anyone who wants it. Stop making idols. Stay in his presence. And if you are in this room, we're going to pray a simple prayer. Let's start with the first one. If that word was for you and you know you've had some prophetic experiences and you can look back over time and know they weren't biblical, they weren't normal. They can be supernatural. They can be wild. I've had wild experiences, but I'm talking about stuff that didn't produce fruit. Stuff that after it happened, it's like you had these strange occurrences that just keep happening. You have a loss of peace instead of an increase of peace. Some of you had these experiences in God, but now you're hearing voices. Or you don't sleep at night. If any of that applies to you, I want you to just stand. We're going to pray for the next thing after that. Just stand. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Good. See, I appreciate honesty because God's going to break some stuff. God bless you. There's a few others of you that should be, but you just don't want to see it. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Those that are standing, I want you to just lift up your hands. And we're just going to pray together. I want to lead you in a prayer. Just pray this with me. Say, Father, I thank you. That you are protecting me. And now, Lord, any experience I had, any voice I heard that was not from you, I reject it now. And I command it to not visit me again. Now, just stay standing. Father, I ask you right now to bless each one of these that is standing. I pray any door that was opened over their life, shut it now. Seal it by your blood. Break any connection, any visitation from any voice, any spirit that is not the Holy Spirit. We command now peace over your life. Now, God, let their ears be cleansed. Let their spiritual ears be cleansed. Spirit of God, visit now. Open their ear to you. Let them hear you. Let them move with you. Let them know your love and your peace. And let them never again hear any other voice but you. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. Bless you. Now, in the room right now, when I was talking about angelic visitations, 
you may already know. You're like, no, no, I know every time I've had a visitation, it was God. But if some of you have had angelic visitations and nothing in your life changed or stuff started going wacky or you keep having encounters with stuff and it's not God, I'm going to deal with demons in a minute. I just want to cover this because the Bible is clear. Some of us, the devil comes like an angel of light. And I'm telling this on purpose because this is the story I haven't told. I was standing in a church about to minister, and an angel walked in the back of the church. And when I looked up, the minister beside me, he looked and said, I see the angel of the Lord. And I'm standing there, I'm going, I don't think that's the angel of the Lord. And he said, what do you have to say? And the angel began to give words. And I pointed my finger. I said, you are not God's servant. Reveal yourself. And the white garment dropped off him and he turned into a spirit and he said you how could you see me and he left some of us don't test spirits so right now if you've had encounters and you knew that referred to you or touched on you i want you to stand we're just going to shut a door we're going to shut a door we're going to shut a door if you haven't then you're good but if you have good bless you sir bless you Amen. Amen. Amen, sir. Father, we thank you right now. And we just agree right now that no visitation has power. No visitation has authority any more in their lives. We shut every door to every spirit that tried to manifest as you. And we now command every, everything that was released, everything that was imparted, we command it now be uprooted and go from their life. And now, Holy Spirit, bless them, anoint them, empower them. May heaven's glory rest on you. May the Lord close every door now, and may he open a floodgate of encounters with his presence so that you will rest in the knowing it is him, and he is speaking to you. Bless them, Papa, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. For each one of you that are standing, amen, that prayer was for you. Now, real quick. As we touched on this and we talked about the divination. Some of you, you're walking with the Lord, and, but in your history, you've never fully shut that door. And you may have already been taught on, but if you in your history and you still have nightmares or you have these visitations of stuff moving around in your house, torments, stuff messing with your mind, fear you can't get rid of, and you used to play around with witchcraft. Some of you had stuff that just lingered. Some are walking with the Lord, but you keep checking sites for your horoscopes. On your Facebook page, talking about we're Libras, we're Zodiac signs, and all. you're playing with stuff. Some of you Holy Spirit filled and God is moving in your life, but you love horror movies. You love watching stuff that scares you. You're letting stuff in your house. And real simple, for some, you have not put boundaries up to protect your children. And so every book, 
anime, every movie, every video game where they're blowing up people, killing folk, playing with witches and warlocks, transmogrifying, changing into animals that look like people, people who have magical powers, spirits, that are, and now they're taking those same kids' games and turn them into movies where those things are doing wicked stuff way beyond what should happen. Some of us have let witchcraft in our houses. And you don't know why your kids are hearing voices or they don't have peace. Because you're letting witchcraft in your house. So that is referring to you. You've got nightmares, stuff talking to you. You're playing around with witchcraft. You don't know why there ain't peace in your house. I just want you to stand. Just stand. Amen. Amen. And bless y'all for the boldness to stand and for the honesty. Because there are some in the room right now that need to be standing who won't stand. And I'm not praying for you after the service. It's a now moment. All those standing, everybody else, point your hands toward me. Good. I want to say this. Feel no shame about it. We don't know what we need freedom from until freedom comes. And at that moment, he sets the captive free. He is a good and loving God. He is a mighty deliverer. And he's worthy to be praised. So with your hands lifted, would you just say this with me? All of us pray this together. Let's pray this with them. Father, I come tonight. Believing that Jesus has the power to deliver and to set me free. And so right now, I repent of any door I opened to the enemy. I repent of watching or listening, engaging in witchcraft or fear. Or other voices. And I shut the door now. And I say now. Devil. You have no more permission. My life is closed to you. Jesus. Wash me in your blood. And now I just want to pray for you while you're standing. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I take authority over every familiar spirit. Every lying spirit, every demonic power that has visited your life, and I command it in the name of Jesus now, go and do not return. I command you, close your mouth and speak no more over them or to their children. Now may the wind of the Holy Spirit go through your house. God, break everything that has been rooted and grown up in their family, in their marriage, in their children, in their minds. We speak now by the power and the authority of the blood. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom right now, right now. Every lying spirit, every familiar spirit. Ah, the Lord rebuke you now. The Lord rebuke you now. Now, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for peace, for peace, for peace. No more fear. 
No more nightmares. No more torment. Peace. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. We thank you. We give you praise. And we can just take one moment just while we're standing. Just every one of you that's already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just begin to pray in spirit just for a minute. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. As God removes, we ask him now just to fill up every empty space. Oh. May the peace of God. May the peace of God. May the peace of God. Upon your life and upon your mind. The peace of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No fear, no torment. No fear, no torment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. 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 Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. For your love, Lord. You love your daughter so much. Your hand is on her life. Your presence is on her life. Everything that was done, everything that they tried to do to scar you and to destroy you, we break it now. We break it now. Every word spoken as a curse against your life, we break it now. What rested even in family over two and three generations. You are changing everything. There's going to be a new pattern for you. There's a new pattern. There's a glory resting on you. Now, touch, Lord. Restore. Give hope. Give hope and peace. He loves you so much. And his presence is with you. Bless her, Lord. 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 We're just going to flow for a bit. Then I'm going to hand it back to Pastor. I just wanted to come over and just pray for you. May I pray for you? Oh, Father, we thank you. The grace of God rests on you. The grace of God is surrounding you. I literally see the Lord just causing there to be peace restored to you. I see you sleeping. I hear the Lord saying where sleep did not come to you, where the enemy tried to steal your sleep. It's almost like every time you go to close your eyes, it's like the same noise trying to come back. But the Lord says peace belongs to you. 
He's going to cause there to be such a season of restoration. Now bless her, Father. Bless her. Let your glory rest on her. She's a daughter of honor. She's a woman of truth. Now, Lord, seal every open door. For she will walk in glory all the days of her life. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. Can I pray for you? I just see the hand of God. Father, let the hand of the Lord rest upon her. Teenage girls will surround you. You will lay your hands upon their heads. You will speak life into those that were just broken. But the Lord also says the time has come now. See yourself like he sees you. For the battle is turned in your favor. Where everyone tried to always say it was your fault because you always were speaking out saying, don't y'all see what's going on? Can someone help us? The Lord says, he is restoring you now. And he's causing his peace and his presence to rest on you. For there is a worship in you that people have not even heard. But when you loose the worship, it's causing freedom to others. And so the Lord blesses you, daughter. He blesses you. He releases oil upon your life. You are a deliverer. You're a carrier of glory. And his favor is on. Bless this night, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. And now from 12 until now, he restores. He restores you. Every dream you thought was stolen, he gives it back right now. Oh, he gives back. What they said you wouldn't be able to do, you will, you will, you will, you will. You will, you will. You will. I see a child in your arms. You will, you will, you will. Oh, he shall bless you. He shall bless you. He shall bless you. There's a favor that follows you. And the Lord is increasing that favor. And I see you running through a field. And the Lord says, as David gathered the mighty men, so you shall gather the men of value and honor. And they shall stand together behind you. And God says, and you're going to teach people how to hear his voice. There's a clarity that you have in the presence of God. The Lord says he's going to increase it. Because you're going to speak and it's going to be like an axe. Cutting away the things that would take life from people. And for some reason, I see y'all like in youth facilities, youth correctional facilities. I see people being brought out, young people, suddenly snatched back into life. God is with you. His hand is on you. Don't ever look back and say, am I going to mess up like they did? The Lord says, you're setting a brand new pattern. You're going to change it for the whole house. For the whole house, for your whole family, and a good name shall be restored because of your choices. The Lord shall bless them through you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Are you seeing someone?
in the in the yellow she stood a minute ago yes the lord says you've stood in the gap you have stood in the gap and you've done well i don't know if you remember he says you've been a good mom he validates you but you have stood in the gap where others wouldn't stand you never you haven't always seen the fruit you've poured your heart and soul but you have done well and he is proud of you so, Father, I just pray blessings over this woman of God, Lord. I say thank you that you call her worthy, Lord, that you call her worthy, Father, of your love. She is worthy of your love, Father. She has been a faithful servant. She has been a faithful servant. She says, well done. You have done my will, and you've done it well. Even when you have not seen the fruit, you have not been able to see the, the fulfillment of some of these things. You have done well, and you have stood fast. And you have stood in the gap. And he is proud of you. And he says, keep marching. Keep marching. Don't you stop now. You keep marching and you keep walking. Because he ain't done. He ain't done. Amen. And I just have to, as Patrick was speaking, no, you ain't done. You ain't done. My sister also, as you stood up right around here, yes, ma'am, you, right around here, I just saw oil go into you. And so the Lord says, in your internal organs, even where things have not been digesting properly, even where things aren't sitting well, right now, right now, right now. Father, let healing come now. Let healing flow right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, right my sister right here. Mm-hmm. I see you sitting and literally sitting at your table and you're looking at all these notes. And as you're going through the notes, you're going, but Lord, what about this? And what about this? And the Lord says, he's about to cause the prophetic word that you received several years ago. Hasn't come to pass. And you've been talking to friends in the last few weeks. I don't know how long it's going to take. The Lord says he's about to make it happen for you. And it literally has to do with a door opening so that you can begin to bring healing to people. The Lord said, so he wanted you to know that he was reading the word with you. Even about two days ago, you were going over some of it. The Lord says, I'm going to bring it to pass for you. And so he wanted to affirm. Father, let your healing glory follow her all the days of her life. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And with, with the beanie. He says he's carved your path. There is a path carved for you. And I know you've had questions, unsure of his will, but he says, keep on the path that I'm carving for you. He said, your time is coming near. He's going to put you in place in the midst of your peers. There's going to be an elevation. The thing where there's been times when you felt you've been passed by. I don't know if it's a work or a job or a career field, but there's been times you've, been, you've felt you've been passed by, but the Lord said he's elevating you now for your faithfulness because you haven't strayed to the left or to the right. And I know sometimes the path has seemed dark, but the Lord's saying, I've been there and I've been illuminating that path. Just keep going, keep walking. Promotion is coming. Promotion is coming. Promotion is coming. And he's going to bless your family. He's going to restore some connections in the family. I don't know if there's been a... Um, a lost, just, just uh, scattered family members. I'm not sure if, if some are missing or some are, just haven't had contact with, but he says he's going to begin to restore those as well. 
And that promotion is going to affect your entire family. And you're going to be a sign unto your family that the Lord is good and he is faithful. And the promotion in your life is going to cause faith to rise in the rest of your family. So just continue to move forward in him for it's coming and your time is near. Thank you, Father. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just continue to pray increase right now. Lord, I pray for a fresh infilling. Lord, I pray for the refreshing of your spirit right now. I pray more, Father. More, Lord. I pray your voice would ring clear and true in his mind. Lord, I pray for just, for just clarity of his mind, Father, for he has a good heart. Now, I pray that his mind would be clear to hear your voice, Lord. And I pray the power of your Holy Spirit would flow through him. I pray anything blocking the power of the Holy Spirit, I command it to leave right now, Lord. But I pray it would just flow in an unfiltered measure right now. Holy Spirit, come and flow in an unfiltered measure. Yes, Shavado. Have your way in this man, Lord. Have your way. Yes, we say yes, Lord. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Yes. Yes, just, just release unto him. Release yourself unto the Holy Spirit, for he's doing a work. And he is not letting go until this work is complete. For he has begun and he shall finish it. Let him finish it. Let him finish the work. Have your way in him, Father. Have your way. Continue to fill him. Continue to fill in Jesus' name. Yes, Thank you, Lord. There's a young woman right back here. You've got the black and the white. The, mm-hmm. Or black and gray. You just look behind you. Yes, ma'am. You, mm-hmm. Would you stand up? The Lord says he is now bringing you into the time of recovery. For all that was taken from you, even taken from you unlawfully, that's the word I keep hearing, things that were stolen from you, things that were taken out of your hands, where people should have defended you, but I just keep seeing things being pulled out of your hands. And the Lord says, you survived the time when everyone decided to stand against you. You survived the lies when they kept speaking, saying it's like people were accusing you of causing all the trouble and saying you were the reason that things went wrong, even to the point that they lied and said you were the one like money and stuff was mishandled and they tried to put it on you. But the Lord says he's now going to turn that in your favor. And God says like a judge would move things around and vindicate you. The time of vindication is now coming. That's why the Lord said he did not let you fight them when they were fighting you, but he told you just to walk away so now he's going to bring it all right back to you and I see papers in front of you and the Lord says I'm moving the papers around so where they tried to threaten you before they will have to now come back and apologize and bless you because he's moving it back to you don't even be concerned with their loudness God is already behind the scenes serving you and blessing you God is going to do this for you going to do this for you this sister right here sitting beside my brother uh-huh, right there I keep seeing over your head I see a clock and God is turning the clock like this and the Lord says I'm going to give back time time now, I don't know you but I see you walking back and forth and the Lord says because he trusted you to pray 
Because you gave up your time and your sleep and you walked the floor and prayed. Because you would call out names. I literally see names written around. I see you walking back and forth with names. And you're looking at their names and you're speaking them to the Lord. And the Lord says because he trusted you to carry those that others wouldn't carry. He is now going to put healing back in your house. So Father, even right now, let healing flow into their house. Let healing be their portion now. Let health be their bread. Mm. And the seer anointing has been in your family a long time. Y'all have been seers for generations. The Lord said going all the way back to your grandmother. She would wake up and see stuff and couldn't explain it. And people thought she was crazy. And it would rest in the house. And what y'all told people was going to came to pass. So the Lord says that prophet mantle is still on you. And you shall speak and it shall happen. For times and seasons are in your mouth. And God will do even as you have been praying. God, does that word register with you? Oh, I, I'm telling you, he's turning it for you. He's turning it. He's turning it. He's turning it. Oh. You. Yeah, yeah. Do you sew or croquet? Or? You do? I just see you weave it, but you weave the family together. Come on, Patrick. You weave the family together. Your prayers, your intercession, yeah. you've kept the family woven together. And I said, the Lord says, because of you and your prayers, they've stayed, it's stayed together and yeah. stayed tight. It's going to stay that way. So keep it up. Yes. Keep it up. Yes. And dear brother right beside her, I hear the Lord saying, people don't even understand what you gave up. But I see you laying all these things down and you laid them down and you said, but God, I told you, I trust you. I told you I wouldn't get bitter. I told you I'd hold. And the Lord says, because you held on. You did not give up, but you held on. The Lord says, now there has to be another wind that blows. And so I don't know what this means, but I see going up through your hip, yes. all the way up into your chest. The Lord says he's working a miracle for you. Yes, Lord. He's working yes, Lord. a miracle for you. Yes, Lord. And there is a healing anointing flowing through yes, you. Lord. The Lord says, so know this, your days are being extended. For you shall speak to men and teach them of the might of God. And one generation shall tell the next. You shall be the man that speaks to the next generation. For God has heard your prayers. And he shall bring it to pass. This young lady all the way over here. You're wearing the black and you've got the white headband. That's you. Yes, you. Yes, ma'am. That's you. Mm-hmm. I hear a very simple phrase. The Lord says, when you look in the mirror and you say, I don't think I'm ready. The Lord says, but I believe you are. So even what the Lord has been telling you over the last, I keep seeing the number four, the last four months, the Lord has been pushing you to go after it. It's almost like another position, another place. God says, go after it. 
And you keep saying, but I don't think I can do it. And what if it doesn't work out? The Lord says, I won't let your feet fall. I won't let the waters catch you. This is the season of advance. And as you take another step forward, he's going to make you able to walk on the water. So, yes, the money will come. Yes, the resources will come. Yes, I will take care. I will pay for classes. I will pay for the training. I will pay for it to come to pass. The Lord says, I told you this. Even in the dream that night when I woke you up and told you to stretch and go back and study, I told you I would send the money for the classes. This is the confirmation so you know you heard the Lord. And he just says his, his banner over you is love. There was just a banner just waving over you right now. Yes. And he says his banner is love and he's wrapping you up in that banner right now. And he says his love is going to carry you the distance. Yeah. His love is going to carry you all the way. His love is with you and it's his banner and he's marching beside you with his banner of love. Thank you, Lord. Thank oh, you, Lord. he's a good God. Thank you, Lord. In the hat in the red, I saw you this morning. I don't know if you're, you want to be an engineer or, but there's just such a marvelous destiny for you. Uh, he's given you a mind that to solve problems. Uh, yeah. Even apostolic, just a, a building foundations, um, there is just a way that, she, that the Lord has blessed your mind to be able to see pieces, to put them together. And the Lord says he wants you to, he wants you to start begin to feed that. He wants you to begin to, to uh, steward that part of you that you know you've always had, but you may have not taken enough time with it. You may have not carved time out for you to work with that. But he says there's a, there's a career. There's a career and a path that um, you may have not thought about yet. But there, there's just a level of, of engineer and apostolic upon you to build. And he just wants to unlock it. But he needs, to, he needs you to partner with that. He needs you to begin to sow time into, into that. He needs you to begin to pull away from some things so he can begin to speak to you more clearly about that. So it's time for you to steal away. It's time for you to hide away. It's time for you to be called separate. He's called, you to, he's called you to come out and be separate. So don't be afraid of that, but lean into that, for he's going to speak destiny over you. So, Father, I just say thank you for this man, Lord. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for his mind, Father. Thank you for the, the level of ingenuity and excellence that you've already put into him. And now, Father, I pray it would come forth, Lord. I pray the gifting and the excellence, Lord, I pray it would rise up, Father. It, it would come out of him, Father. As that excellent ri- excellence rises, Lord, I pray the opportunity would meet him at his excellence, Lord. And I pray he would not miss an opportunity, Father, but that you would show him this is the path and this is the opportunity and this isn't, Father. But I pray uh, just, just water the, the, the ingenuity on his mind, Father, to build, Lord. I pray the water of his spirit begin to flow over you. And as, and as you begin to hide away with him, Father, I pray you would show him greater depths of your love. I pray... Every, every, every hurt would be healed in your love, Father. I just pray there's a restoration of the heart that's going with, going with this restoration, Father. I just say thank you for the heart of love, Father, that you're calling him to, away because he's, he's building your future right now. He is building your future. He's ready for you to step into it. Amen. I keep hearing this amazing word over and over, and I kept seeing you standing in the middle of three different bridges. And I hear the Lord saying, he's going to set you in the middle of three convergences. 
I see business, I see ministry, and I see education. And the Lord says, I'm going to stand you in the middle where others could not find solutions, you will. And where others would create problems, you will bring peace. And where others would fight, you're going to bring wisdom. Now, this is the weird part. This is why I kept waiting. I saw you literally, you knelt down and um, like Captain Marvel. Okay. You knelt down like Captain Marvel and you suddenly just, you went up through the stratosphere. And the Lord says he's going to give you a season of acceleration that is going to explode you so fast beyond even those you've been running with that they're not going to know what to do with you. And so you've got to have patience and a plan. Patience that everyone around you will pull into their destiny. But a plan so that you can catch all those in new nations that God is going to connect you to. So it's like a training academy and a system. It's like curriculum that you've got. And God says all this training material he's been giving you over the years. The season is coming now to birth it. And there's a door into Europe. I see you going right into Europe. And I see you in Europe. And I see you walking around. And people are coming out of the houses that have gone to sleep. And they're waking up because of your voice. And there's a favor. This is what I hear. There's a favor God shall do for you in South America. The Lord says, you asked me for gates into that place, but I'm going to do you a favor. I don't know what it is, what it is, but I keep hearing the Lord say, I'm going to give you such authority through Argentina into Chile and throughout South America. You're going to spend so much time running back and forth that people are going to say, does she live down there now? And you're going to say, I'm building a house for the Lord. But the Lord says he sees you faithful because you did not go in the place others went, but you stayed in humility before the Lord. He will now give you what you ask for. Jesus. My goodness. This sister all the way in the back. Yes, Mm ma'am. You got the hair. You got the hair. Okay, I don't know what this means, but literally written over top of your head, I keep seeing this word legacy. And the Lord says, you have for the last five years, last five years, he's been maneuvering you. That's the word I hear, maneuvering you. And you've even asked the Lord, I don't understand all these different changes you brought me through. And why is it every time I think I'm where I'm supposed to be, you change me and move me again? To the place that it's like you had these two unexpected, almost like two address changes that came up and God shifted you and then shifted you again. But the Lord says he did that to see if you could trust him in the midst of chaos. And he was teaching you how to hear his voice. And now because you let go of those that couldn't run at this next level, he's going to settle you. He's going to settle you. Three things I hear. The Lord says, number one, property belongs to you. And he's going to put property in your hands because you have a desire to raise up young women and teach them identity. Secondly, the Lord says, stop hiding your brilliance. You are brighter than you let them know, but you keep yielding to other people in the room because you don't want them to be offended at you. And I hear the Lord saying, he's given you my... 
A mind like Maya Angelou. I keep seeing you think. I see poetry all around you. I see you writing books. I see plays. I see screenplays coming. God says he's going to give you a team of artists. So you've got to write. You've got to put it out there. You've got to create it. The third thing, the Lord says, when I tell you to break down that wall, you break it down. It's almost as though you keep trying to hide the weight of your voice. And the Lord says, you're a breaker. You're called to be a breaker. So break the stuff others won't break. Break it on purpose. Stand there without apology and break the stuff that's killing kids. But break it and he will bless you and bring it to pass. He'll bless you. I feel the glory of God. The gentleman in the, in the maroon, Santa Barbara, I saw you earlier standing. Uh, he just said he's making all things beautiful in his timing. Yeah. It hasn't passed you by, but he's making it beautiful in his timing. And I saw, I saw a picture of a garden, but it was, it was wilted. And, and uh, he just said he's putting fresh water into it. And he says, you shall be as a well-watered garden. Your, your heart shall be as a well water. Any, any disappointment, he says, I'm beginning to heal that. And he's going to pull things out of your heart, that, that, that disappointment that may have crept in from things passing by. But he says, you shall be as a well-watered garden. He's going to make all things beautiful in his time. And there's going to be healing coming through you in your body. I don't know what you need, but the Father says he wants to begin to heal you. So, Father, I just, I just pray healing over this man right now, Lord. I pray healing virtue flow right now from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. I pray that he shall be as a well-watered garden, Lord. I pray that he shall be fruitful. I pray he shall be blessed as he is planted in the house of our Lord. And he shall sing praises in the, in the courts of the Lord, Father. But I pray blessing over his mind, his body, and that you are bringing all things, making all things beautiful in your timing. And so, Father, I pray contentment over him as he waits upon you, Lord, that his strength shall rise as he waits upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you have breathing troubles, stand. Problems in your lungs, stand. Problems with respiratory infections stand here Danando de Becolia Tindaramandi Condoramando Robose Kionanamando Robosoria Manande Coheriare Oh You're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. Your healing is in this place. We breathe, we breathe, we breathe again. Your mercy and your grace. Breathe in. Lungs be healed. Oh, 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 o
Never again. Never again. Never again. Even that infection that comes back and forth, never again. He burns it out now. Yes, I'm 
saw then is coming now. <laughs> my friend just stay where you are these feet my, my. shall stand in nations we declare over your feet authority 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 you'll stand before presidents and prime ministers you'll walk into houses of council you'll walk into the united nations god shall give you access and when you walk in your feet shall make the sound of a prophet in nations and what they would not say yes to others they will say yes to you for your feet are the feet of an apostolic general and you will walk like a prophet before kings what they said no before you walked in the room, they will change it to a yes when you enter therein. For the hand of the Lord is with you. And it is well. It is well. <laughs> Favor is on you. Glory is on you. God has chosen you, sir. He has written upon your heart the word mercy. And he's written in your hands might. Though sometimes people don't see the weight of what you carry, God says you are a discerning man who in the middle of the night you wake up and say, but this is what I hear God say. God says, I trust you. I trust you. Run with faith. I trust you. You will go into places nobody else could go into. And you will bring the move of God. I trust you, says the Hear one last thing, and then I do something. Sir, your best season is coming to you. Your best season is coming to you. I see the Lord taking everything that had been pushed into the ground, almost as though people grabbed it from your hand and tried to hide it. And the Lord says, I'm uncovering what is yours. I'm giving to you even inheritance that belongs to you. And I shall pay you back. I shall pay you back. I shall cause you to receive and to reap. What people you trusted took and tried to hide. For the time has come for inheritance to be in your hands. And even what belongs to you. I keep seeing a deed above your head. The Lord says the property, the house that should already be in your hands. He's bringing it back to you. And he shall settle the argument. For some say it should be his, but we don't want him to have it. The Lord says, I do not care about their opinion. I shall settle this. For I shall bless you, and I shall bring it to pass.
And the Lord says, Oh, yeah. glory. Yes, yes, ma'am. Woo, he's a good God. And I hear the Lord, and I see healing flowing from right here all the way through you. And the Lord says, where you have carried the whole house and it almost broke your strength, he returns strength to you now. He returns strength to you now. Father, we thank you. Strength, 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 strength. Strength. Hey, strength. God is good, but God gives you back what was taken. He gives it back. He gives it back. The Lord is good. Uh, Yes, Lord. I keep trying to stop. I can't stop. I'm going to give you back this mic because I'm I'm almost hungry. I'm hitting for you. Mm Mm-hmm. I keep seeing this. I, keep, I saw the mantle fall three times. And the Lord said, you're going to march throughout the entire Northern California area. And you're going to bring a sound of revival. And it's not going to look like any generation before you. And the Lord says, as they spoke about whew, Catherine Kuhlman, so they will speak about the healings that follow you. For those who are dying, I see you taking young people into hospitals. I see them on their high schools laying hands. And the Lord says, you shall be the teacher of the teachers. And you shall teach them the art of impartation. So, Father, I thank you. This prophet of this age, this voice to this generation, this breaker of bondages. Father, let a double portion. Nella mande ko sopa, iko mama mande sopa. Oh, re babande o si, ushkon na babande he sabai. Oh, rabasi ko namasha. So you shall run. You shall outrun those who have been around you, and you shall write the books of breakthrough and worship. And you shall show them what it looks like to serve the living God. The Lord says, I will paint you with increase and cover you with honor. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. What no one in your bloodline has finished, you will finish. And you will build, and it will not fail. Oh. Strategies. Strategies. Blueprints. Building. Territory. Mandele Kopa Kusopandarabasi. Mm. 
favor and honor. Favor and honor. The Father bestows and affirms favor and honor. A good son. A son worthy of double honor. The Lord says you did. But you did not have to do. You loved when loving was not easy. And I am going to raise you up as a voice to those who have been weary and broken. And you will bring health to them. And they will recover because of you. He blesses you this night. Oh, why not you? Why not? Why not? I keep seeing in front of y'all, I see the Lord just, he's counting out resources. And the Lord says, why not you? When everything tried to dry up, you trusted the Lord. When everything seemed to be falling apart, you trusted the Lord. When you could have run the other way, y'all said, we're going to stick this out and see what God does. And the Lord says, so I'm going to reward you openly for enduring the trauma and the drama. He's going to bless y'all because you trusted him. And the Lord says, even when the enemy tried to bring death to your house. Even when you had to bury what you loved. And y'all said to each other, can we survive this? The Lord says, because you learned how to worship through your tears. God says, now he shall exalt you above others. Because you worship through your tears and you did not accuse God. The Lord says, I heard you when you said, I don't understand, but you still trusted me. And because of that, I've got to bless you now. I've got to bless you, says the Lord. It shall be well. In but a year from now, your life will be another story. It shall be well. I shall pay you back for your trust in me, says the Lord. Oh, my goodness. We've got to. Ah. Okay. I got to. Ah. Ah. It's all good. Oh, this is so. His presence is so rich in here. My sister and brother, I got to pray for you yesterday. Who all is with you? Okay, would all y'all just stand up? I keep hearing the Lord say this. I hear the Lord saying he is dignifying you with favor. That word literally means that God is about to answer y'all with supernatural access. There is a worship and a faith y'all have in your house. 
that I don't even know you. I just know I, I, when, I, when I met you yesterday, the Lord says there is a favor and a worship they keep in their home that makes me welcome. Because y'all have made the Lord welcome, he is going to chase your family with favor. Young man on the very end, first of all, I like to have, man, listen. I used to. I used to. I'm t- I had the whole thing. And one day I woke up and I'm like, God mad at me. All mine gone. I don't know. You're going to have to pray for a brother before I leave. But There is city. <laughs> You're all right with me. You're all right. <laughs> I keep seeing musical notes dancing over your head. And the Lord says, because you gave yourself to the study of music and the love of words, he is going to cause the music you write to not only be heard in nations, but you said to the Lord, I want my music to be known, but God, I want to produce. And so you'll be producing music. You'll produce other artists. Your music will be known, but you shall also produce and create. I also literally see strings around you. And the Lord says, so he's going to cause other musicians to connect to you because you have a heart to create a whole nother sound. So the sound you will create will be the sound of a generation. And don't, this is going to sound crazy, but it's good. Don't let people make you normal. Be the genius you are. I see you studying stuff. I see you looking at other languages, other cultures. I see you digging out ways to do music that other people wouldn't use. I see you splicing stuff together and saying, what would it sound like if we put all these crazy things on one track? God said he gave you that. He gave you that because you're going to break something open that's not, never been heard before. Trust the Lord. The third thing I hear is this. The Lord says, continue to believe. You've got some kind of crazy faith going on. And God says, if you'll keep trusting him, he's going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. Young man right here. Okay. (laughs) I keep seeing this real simple. I see this sword in front of you and I hear the Lord saying, he's given you a gift with understanding of justice. And it's like this thing where you hate to see people left out. You hate to see injustice. You can't stand when people mistreat each other, even to the point that you're cool until people start arguing. And then you're like, we're not doing this. God said he gave you a grace like a lawyer. But you've got a mind like a judge. And God is going to cause you to understand how laws are written and how people are treated. And you're going to bring justice and righteousness to many people's lives. That's even why you like to read some of that history stuff and study all this old stuff and and research. You love to research. You want to know, is it true? God gave you that. The Lord says he will water that in your life. To the young lady right here. Okay. I keep hearing your voice and your voice has oil. The Lord says they are healed, those who are wounded. Those who have been abused, those who have gone through great trauma, they are healed when they get around you. That's even why sometimes you can feel overwhelmed. Why is everyone bringing their troubles to me? How come I know all this stuff that's going on? The Lord said that's the heart of counsel that you carry. But he is going to cause your heart to be strengthened. Because you are going to bring life to many who would not survive without you. And you're going to bring hope to them. And even what you've just walked through is going to bring strength to you. 
what you survived is going to bring strength to you. You're still here because there's great purpose. And the hand of God is on your life. And he's for you. God is for you. There's something on this whole family where y'all dream. And so there's something about dreams God is increasing. Last word I hear is the Lord says, don't be afraid. Your family is going to begin to look at things very differently. And the Lord says, don't be afraid. Territory, property, increase is going to follow y'all. Because what you build as a family shall become a legacy to many others. But the blessing of the Lord rests on your whole house. The increase of God be upon you all. Favor. Favor. Be your shield and your protection. Favor. Be the sound of your life for generations. Favor take you where money cannot. Keep you where men would push you. And establish you where people can't. Hold your anointing. The Lord bless you and keep you indeed. Last word I just hear is this. This house is so full of multiplication. Yesterday I was kind of walking around and I kept hearing it sounded like, you know, when you hear floorboards creak. Well, y'all don't have no floorboards. But I kept hearing floorboards. And I said to the Lord, what am I hearing? And the Lord said to me, you're hearing the sound of growth. He said the very foundation is about to be stretched. We haven't talked about this, but because y'all chose to not take all the other advice that people hurled at you, but you just said, God, we're going to obey you and move only when you say move. The Lord said he was able to strengthen the weak places and he's strengthening the floor. So that those he brings in can stand under the weight of what he's about to do. The second thing I hear is this. The Lord says he's about to cause the two of you to see such an increase of healing presence. That just, I saw the two of you just walking back and forth. And as you prayed for people, it was just miracles happening all in the house. And the Lord said it won't be a struggle. It won't be a battle. It's just going to be a grace that flows through the two of you. And the Lord said the grace y'all have together. And I have to say what I'm hearing. The Lord says, because you were willing to bring healing to others instead of chasing ministry. He can now use you to bring healing to ministries that will bring healing to nations. And so God shall bring ministries and ministers from around the world. And they will just sit in this church for a week or two and just be healed. And then they'll go back out and take life. But the Lord says, this is what I'm hearing. The Lord says, well done. He gave y'all an assignment and you did it the right way. Well done. He shall now give you more. Uh, Let's just thank the Lord. How good he is. Ah, Jesus, we just thank you. You are so in love with us. And you are so good. Ah, we just thank you. And we receive this word. We receive these words tonight. And we hold them in our hearts and seal them in our hearts tonight. In your glory. Amen. We'll have a great 
night's sleep.